the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Answering the why of disaster and calamity without answering the why. Next, on today's broadcast of Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner. How can bad things happen to good people, right? Well, we as Christians are great at asking that question. Problem is, we pretty much know God won't answer it. And really, if we thought for a moment he would, we probably wouldn't ask the question to begin with. Fact is, he already has answered that question. He's done so here in the latter chapters of the book of Job. He doesn't really quite give us a direct answer. But really, at the end of the day, after he's done talking, no answer is needed. He's God. With today's broadcast of Abounding Grace and this catastrophe dilemma, here's Pastor Gary Wagner. Do you know that believing the gospel is not just a matter of feeling good about your life? There is a sense in which the glory and the wrath is coming, and we know it, and we've got to flee to Jesus for refuge because... We do take God's glory seriously, at least I hope you do. And when we take God's glory seriously, then we can know that He is absolutely for us. God is for me. He is utterly loyal to His people, not for anything in us, but for His own love and mercy's sake. Praise be to God. There's nothing in us that's praiseworthy, that's worth His grace or mercy. And remember, Job at some level had forgotten this. He couldn't see it. He wasn't feeling it any longer. He had forgotten God's promises. His sufferings had numbed him against any consideration then uh, of this. And he was thinking only on his pain and his losses in God's silence. God's reminding Job. He's telling him. Job, consider the greatness of my power as you look at the horse. Now, Job did not know it, and I don't know if he ever knew it in his life, but God had shown himself so powerful to him in Job's life already. He had preserved his life, remember, from Satan. If Satan comes to get you, beloved, you die. There is no mortal that can protect himself against such a foe as the devil unless you have the Holy Spirit in you. But only with a word God said, Satan, worm that you are, you can do what you want to my brother Job, but you can't touch his life. Satan is a sworn enemy of all of the righteous. He is your enemy, beloved. He hates Jesus Christ, our head, and he hates his church. 
But yet one little word will fail him, and that word is from God. One line of God's word is stronger than all the lines of Satan. It is stronger than all of his schemes. It is our only safeguard. It is God's power. That's why scripture is called God's sword and God's shield. The name of the Lord is as a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are secure. Do you believe this? You don't believe it if you're not abiding in the word. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Does that happen by a hit and miss? Of reading, maybe once a week, maybe twice a week for 15, 20 minutes. Abide in me and let my word abide in you if you would be my disciples. A horse is a vain thing ultimately for our safety, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Don't forget this. Do you feel weak? Praise God. Do you feel like there are many enemies unrighteous in our land? Well, there are. So what is your strength? We're going to learn this again. What is our strength? It is the Word of God. I've been talking about this for years. I think when the Lord takes away everything else that we thought was necessary to rely on, He brings us back to, My word is your shield. My word is your sword. It is the word coming out of my son's mouth because he is the prophet with a capital P and he will deliver you. God's word brings joy. You know, I've seen videos of, and I'm sure you have too, When a church in an unrighteous, totalitarian, God-hating regime receives a few boxes of Bibles, and brothers and sisters receive them for the first time, and it is a complete Bible, not just pages here and there, and there is such a glee and joy. So let me ask you, is that the way you are with the Word of God? Or do you take it for granted and it just sits on a shelf or on a copy table or you leave it in your car Sunday to Sunday and that's the only time you touch it? Be honest, beloved. Where is the joy? This is God's word from his mouth and he tells it it is our strength and our shield and our sword. How is it possible that we can neglect it? So when you see a horse next time, don't say, oh, cute little horse, and give him a sugar cube. Say, God's strength is in this beast, and the Lord has revealed it to me. Because Gary Wagner is so stupid and so blind. I want him to see that horse. So he is reminded of how strong I am to protect and to defend. So we need to run quickly to him and his word for our strength and our protection and abide in him. Do you understand this? I want us all to be carried along by this. You see, we need to get out our coloring books and draw the best horse we can. 
and be reminded by it. Oh God, my God and my Father, He is strong for me. I need to call on Him on the day of trouble. He tells me to in Psalm 50, 15. You guys are tempted, you men. You ladies are tempted. Call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you will glorify me. The church of a whole in our land needs to be calling on the Lord. As fathers, we need to be calling on the Lord. You can't. Remember this. You can't talk your children into the kingdom of God. You can't talk your children out of sin. You can't control and world, uh, uh, rule your children out of sin into the kingdom. We need for God our Father through the Lord Jesus Christ and by His indwelling Spirit to come and fight for us with His strong arm. We're going to look at the last few lines here, but as you are reading through the Psalms this year, and I hope you are, Notice how many times the mighty David, who could literally whoop any of us in this room this instant. I mean, David, after all, killed his ten thousands. Yeah, but God. Yes, but David still had to whoop his enemies with a sword and cotton slash. And some of you have problems with this image. You're so squeamish to even pick up a dead squirrel. And David took a sword and cut off a giant's head and said, looky here. David would whoop our tails if he was here. Yet David said in the Psalms, I'm weak, I'm poor, and I am needy. I have no strength. God, you are my strength. You are my deliverer. You're my shield, my strong tower. Now that <coughs> is a vibrant faith. Don't just say, Oh, well, I'm weak. Woe is me. I can't do anything. No. Yes, I am weak. But God is strong. In my sphere where God has called me to serve, to speak for Him, love Him, this relationship He has called me to, to stand for Him or to leave. And it is because, it is, if it is because He's not pleasing to me, I must remember... God is my strength, and He will help me through it all. The Lord then concludes with two other birds here, the hawk and the eagle. <coughs> and He shows us something through them of how sovereignly majestic His glory is. Now, I realize that flight doesn't mesmerize us anymore. I mean... Most of you here have probably ridden on an airplane at one time or another, and we, of course, send up huge machines into space, and we rarely think about it. Yet, we didn't learn this through our own wisdom. We watched the birds, the hawk, and took principles of physics and aerodynamics and learned from these birds. But birds don't use any mechanical aids in their flight. Nothing artificial outside of themselves, for God has given them wisdom and strength. He has also given them instinct, verse 26, for their migratory patterns. And we can't imitate or control these on our own. Some of these first birds have been tamed, but we certainly didn't teach them to fly. 
Verses 27 and 28, we didn't teach them to build their nests high in the crags and the cliffs. We didn't give them their keen vision so they can see a mouse across a field hundreds of feet away. We didn't teach their young to live on the blood of their mother's kill. She brings life to her young ones out of death, and where there is death, there is she, it says. I think majesty is probably the likely thing we are to take from these questions that God puts to Job. You know, when I was young, a young fellow, walking along the banks of the Stanislaus River, a very, very large hawk flew quite close to me, much closer than I had ever been to such a majestic bird. And it let out a blood-curdling streak that made the hair on the back of my neck stand on end as it flew by. And instinctively, I stepped back a few steps. Now, I didn't do that because I thought that bird was coming to pick me up. But I stepped back and, oh, this bird was huge. His long wings were flapping rapidly as he was chasing something. And I just wanted to steer clear. It was quite an experience. And I think the lesson here as we observe God's majesty is that we better steer clear at some fundamental level. We don't do this today. Men even take God's name in vain and with great carelessness. And you and I as Christians, we even listen to it without saying a word. Men speak of weather, and they have no respect for God's hand that guides that weather. Even in the church, men, from, men form their worship plans with little regard to the question, what does God think of it? Now, they'll think long and hard on what did our target consumer group tell us men would like, what would be pleasing to them, Is the music just right? Is the stage production, the little sermonette, the clever packaging bringing people in? Beloved, we need to stay clear of God's majesty and remember He dwells within His people. It needs to be our chief concern to obey what God has said in His Word. He hasn't commanded something. If He hasn't commanded something in our worship, it should be an anathema to us. His glory is too high for us to control and too dangerous for us to ignore. Now granted, God is very merciful to us and He has drawn near to us through His Son. But we always need to remember Hebrews 12, 28, and I've said this a couple of times over the last month or so. Wherefore we receive in a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptedly with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a what? A consuming fire. And you see, God's majesty dwells with us. And this isn't some fluffy little principle to make us feel good after we've had dinner. This is the holy, holy, holy God. And with respect to the world of sin, our sins, one thought should grip every single one of us. Come out from among them. That's what we've lost today. We've lost the sense of come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. And I will be to you a father 
and you will be to me sons and daughters. Nadab and Abihu thought they were very clever in offering their own versions of incense, and God killed them for trifling with his glory. And there are a lot of churches in this area that are trifling in worship with the glory of God. Mainland, mainline denominations have thought themselves equally clever. Well, we'll just bring in some of those old German wolfish theologies and their philosophies, and it'll be okay. We'll add a little bit of liberalism here and a little bit of Rockefeller money, and we'll just have a religious humanity for everybody. And God killed them. The Holy Spirit left them. They no longer serve our great God. No Christian is going to long survive in these museums of God's judgment. This nation thought it could maintain at some level, oh yeah, God bless America, America the beautiful, and yet bow down to the gods of money and war and central planning and pillage, and God is killing it. And here is a lesson. When I think about the hawk and the eagle, that take their prey, we can't trifle with God's glory. It is too high for us. We must come humbly to Him, and He will expose the folly of His enemies. And He will lift us up. Look in Psalm 50. I want you to see these two verses, and we'll close with this today. Psalm 50, verses 22 and 23. Now consider this, ye that forget God, lest I tear you in pieces, and thereby none to deliver. Just like the hawk and eagle get fixated on its prey, and nothing will deter it from that prey, and it will get it, and it will tear it to pieces. Those who trifle with God's glory, even in the church, you know, well, we need to change our worship to make it more compatible with unbelievers. So let's shorten our sermons and make them topical. Keep them to 15 to 20 minutes, maybe 25 if the preacher is really inspired that day. God says, if you forget me, if you forget my glory, when you're home, guys, when you're on your computer and say, you know, I can look at what I want to look at. I can take salacious pictures of myself and send them to who I want and do what I want. This is my own private little identity. Remember, God says, you live in my world. I have put the birds and eagles and hawks and lions and mountain goats before you to show you my glory. I have revealed the strong horse to remind you of my glory so that you don't trifle with it because I am a consuming fire. Notice he adds in verse 23 of Psalm 50, But whoso offereth praise glorifieth me. And to him who ordereth his conversation aright will I show the salvation of God. What is our security? I think that is the counterpoint of verse 22. We don't want to be torn to pieces. We don't want God to become our enemy. We don't want to become his prey and he become our predator. Then we need to praise him according to his word. Praise him. I ask you, beloved, do you praise God? Do you think just showing up here for worship is praising God? 
No, not if you are taking him and his commanded worship for granted. Do you praise God in your prayers? I hope you do. I'm not accusing anyone. But is your heart moved with, I want to glorify God? Is that what you thought when you walked through that door? I want to glorify this day and think on all the things He has done and His answered prayers and who He is and His love and His mercy and grace and truth? Or just sit, just sit there and think, oh, I've got to sit through one of Wagner's hour sermons. He says, if you want to glorify me, you praise Him. And then verse 23, live for my praise. You see, that's what it means to order your conversation aright. Conversation in the old King James Version, the word for it is the way you live. Live as those who live in the presence of God every day because what? We do. The holy, holy God dwells with us and He says to these, I will show my salvation. I freely confess that before these questions to Job, I personally am undone. I can't answer one of them, and Job couldn't either. But the point is, if we are going to recover a sense of closeness and a peace, God begins by showing us the distance. And we are far from God. If we're not in His Word, and we're not praying, and we're not enjoying worship, and we're not having family worship... I want to know what God, why God hasn't given this to me. I want to know why, why, why. When God answers my question, then God says, you can't answer my questions, and I'm not going to answer yours. He begins with distance. And he says, you must recover a sense of my majesty. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. But if you and I are humble before Him, we are on our way to a confidence with God and a nearness to Him through the covenant that He has made with us through the Lord Jesus Christ. But if we don't praise and reverence Him and are not humbled by His greatness, there cannot be any real, true confidence of His nearness to us. Have you lost that? Have you lost that feeling of His nearness to you? Then you need to humble yourself before Him. You need to trust in Him for all things. You need to abide in His strength. You need to be praising Him with your lives. Remember what Peter said. Those who humble themselves under the hand of God... He might exalt them in due season. No, it says He will exalt them in due season, even as He did to Job. Let us pray. Our Father, we, we thank You for these little vignettes of Your majesty. I'm certainly too poor to handle them very well. But I do pray that you would reveal your glory to us even in the daily things we see, the birds, the wild animals, the horse, the ox, 
We thank you and praise you for revealing sparks of your glory in these things to us. And we ask you that you would humble our hearts and that we would trust your strength and that we would reverence your majesty and trust your wisdom. Have mercy on our children and give them an early fear of you. Heal them of the sin of their hearts and heal us adults of our lack of joyful reverence in you. We bless you for your goodness and love. May you be exalted through our lives for Jesus' sake. Amen. Well, that's all the time we have. This has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner, the ministry of Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. It is our goal and desire that you would abound in grace through the preaching and teaching of God's Word. And that is why we come to you on a daily basis. Now, as we close out our time together, we also realize that some of these messages that are presented here on Abounding Grace are well worth reviewing again at your convenience. Maybe you joined us a bit late. Well, we have copies on CD. They're just $5. Mention today's date as you call or write to us. Here's how to get in touch with us. The phone number is 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. You're welcome to also visit our website, learn a bit more about us. We're at reformedheritage.org. Again, reformedheritage.org. And then, of course, if you would love to partner with us, if you're feeling led of the Lord to become a financial partner with us as we continue this ministry here on this station, please write to us at PMB number 402. And the address is 1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California, The zip code is 95032. Or, again, simply call us, 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. You're also welcome to join us for worship. Sunday services here at Reformed Heritage Church are at 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. We meet at the Lone Hill Church, 2 in the afternoon. Directions can be found at reformedheritage.org or by, again, calling 408 Eight six six five six zero seven. We thank you for joining us and trust we'll see you again next time we get together for another broadcast of Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner. Mm-hmm.